when it comes to spiritual experiences, there's this one X factor that just makes it right there. Find out what that X factor is on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome, friends. We're so happy you decided to join us here in Inverse. And my friends, we're going to be in a Bible study. We're going to be in prayer. We're going to do a lot of things today, but we just need the Holy Spirit to be with us. So, Callie, can you pray for us? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the gift of your word and your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would guide us into all truth right now, that we would see what this X factor is, and we would truly be unified in you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 As I said in my opener, I mean, there's this one thing. I mean, everyone's into, well, you got to listen to the episode, oh, and you got to watch it to find out. You might, you might see someone familiar. Yeah. I mean, there's this <laughs> one thing that, that, I mean, everyone's into spiritual experiences mm. these days. What makes it genuine? What makes it not? And even in the church, people are, are many people say, I'm, real, I'm spiritual, I'm but not, not religious. religious. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about, let's go to our starting verse here. We're going to go to Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. And Siku, can you read that for us, please? Gladly. Acts chapter 1, verse 12 reads, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room, where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Okay, so Jesus has passed away. He has resurrected and now he has ascended. He has told his 12 disciples, or 11 I should say, mm-hmm. to, to hang out and wait for the Holy Spirit. And in these two, in these three verses, they're hanging out and they have a common experience. Jared, what, what's going on in that verse? Help us out. What, what made these guys just... Blah together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the blah factor, but uh, you have after Jesus ascended, they're, it's almost like they're, they're pressed together, mm. right? Jesus tells them that they're going to be witnesses in these concentric circles out in Jerusalem, Judea, mm-hmm. Samaria, and then eventually to the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm-hmm. So, and then Jesus leaves, <laughs> right? Yes. And what do they do? They, they go back to the upper room, and it's almost like the challenge here. It drives them to the knee, their knees. They're in one accord, so they're all together. They're in one place. They're praying together. They're wrestling together. I not wrestling. I think spiritually wrestling. <laughs> spiritually wrestling with God and John tag team it. No, and and really the reality and the implications of what of what God has called them to do because this is serious business. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting for the Holy Spirit as Jesus has told them to. Mm-hmm. And I love. I mean, Kelly asked, "What is that X factor?" And that X factor is really a sincere yearning for Jesus. Mm-hmm. To sincere and then the scripture says it over and over again you seek me with all your heart and sometimes we don't we don't really do that we don't have this all your heart we do a it's it's weird the 99% seeking still does not result in in success it's got to be 100% and what are, and then what's weird is these are not individual seeking individualistic seeking going mm-hmm. on but there's also a group Corporate. unified seeking they're pressing together i love what mm-hmm. you said there and 
And I, I think about, the, we get in verse 13, the names of the disciples are mentioned. Um, earlier on in chapter 1, the question that they asked Jesus before he goes up to heaven, they asked, um, will you at this time restore the kingdom in verse 6? Will you at this time restore the kingdom? And it's an echo of a question that they asked throughout Jesus' ministry. Mm -hmm. They're like, when are you going to establish your kingdom? And, mm -hmm. and they would fight amongst themselves. I want to sit on your right hand and mm -hmm. my brother's going to sit on your left. And yet here at the end of you know, of Christ's ministry, he's ascended up into heaven. These same disciples, they come together and you, you, you know that this was something that they still wrestled with even up till Jesus was taken up into heaven. Is he establishing his kingdom on the earth? Who's going to sit on his right? Who's going to sit on his left? But somehow in here, you don't get them questioning that. They're not talking about, well, I want to be the one who's sitting on his right and I want to be the one who's sitting on his left. It's like they're working through that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it's not about... I want to be the one who's in a position of authority in Christ's kingdom. But they're in one accord, it says in verse 14. Mm -hmm. They continued in one accord, which is different from the picture you see of the disciples while Jesus was walking this earth. So mm -hmm. something happens in this experience when they're in the upper room. Yeah, these, these, uh, these disciples, they're from different socioeconomic strata. They're from different educational backgrounds. They're personality types. I mean, they got rationals and idealists together. And there's just, political. I mean, political. You got Zealot, who was yeah. kind of like the terrorists of their day. Then you got IRS government agents of Matthew. <laughs> and there's just, they're, there's something going on that, what's, what, what happens afterwards in chapter 2? I mean, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit, yes? Mm -hmm. So there's this anticipation. There is this preparation for. Let me throw this out to you guys. Maybe just a, a generic question or um, experiential question. This is an experiential episode. Has there been a moment in your spiritual lives where you wish you could have done it again? That if you just had placed a little bit more preparation time and maybe if you sensed um, that, man, if, if I had done this a little bit better, I could have, ex I could have had a better encounter with Jesus or I, I don't know, like if, if you could replay this episode again, is there, is, are there times where uh, you, you would have taken that opportunity? Anyone? Siku? I'm sure they are. I'm trying to... Are you sure they are? All right. I think of, well, I think of the disciples and their experience in looking back over if they could have done things over. As a practical standpoint, I have a crazy background. I didn't finish high school. I accepted Jesus. I, I got involved in, in, uh, in serving him in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then I met my wife in that process and married her. And then we had a daughter two years later. And then I thought, you know, it would be good for me to go back to school. And I feel like those things were, were kind of backwards. Like I didn't, I didn't have my educational priorities aligned. Th those, those circumstances of our life choices have trickled through and infected us even today. Mm -hmm. So putting myself in, in the perspective of the disciples as here, they, they have a moment and they're in prayer with each other. They're looking at people that they were fighting against, that they didn't maybe didn't want to be one of Jesus' disciples because they were a threat to them personally. And looking back and thinking, things could have been so much better. Things mm -hmm. could have been so different. And here we are. And now Jesus is gone. Yeah. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. and, and making those, those differences right and, 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 and pressing together and bonding with each other after seeing the selfless demonstration of Jesus' love on the cross mm -hmm. and reflecting back to them their own selfishness and their you know, motivations and they're just driven. Um, and now they're just saying, God, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, we I, need you. Yeah. This is not from a position of regret, but um, thinking about 
when there's conflict and working through things. Um, I, I had a situation where I was frustrated with a friend of mine because I felt that um, they were taking advantage of our friendship. And um, I am talking about it with another friend. And every single time I'd hang out with this friend who was frustrating to me, I'd go to this other friend and complain about it. Mm. Until she said to me, she said, you know, obviously there's a problem. Why don't you go talk it out and work through it? Sigo, just talk to me if you have any issues. I mean, I, I'm here. <laughs> here. Just, just we don't. We're good. We're good. <laughs> and, and she encouraged me to go and talk it out. Mm. And it was very difficult to do that because um, as, as frustrated as I was, it was kind of, you kind of reach a status quo and it's like, okay, I got comfortable complaining about the situation mm. than actually trying to resolve it. Mm -hmm. um, and when I did go and confront the friend about it and we talked through it and hashed through it, it was, there were tears. It was a very difficult conversation to have. Um, but I thought of that when we thinking about the disciples and the infighting that they had. Um, and I'd imagine that this time that they spent in the upper room waiting, they had a common goal in waiting for the promise that Jesus had promised them. Mm -hmm. They couldn't just sit there and have this beef between them. Right? They had to work through their stuff in order to be praying in one accord. Maybe um, Peter had to go up to James and John and be like, bruh, you know, I don't appreciate it that time when you and your mom went to Jesus. <laughs> and like, real. You know, you were trying to like That's take the talk. position. Yeah. <laughs> they probably had to, had to work through those things. But they're like, you know what? That's not what's important. We want this promise of the Holy Spirit that's coming. Mm -hmm. So by the time that you get to Acts chapter 2, they've continued in one accord in prayer and supplication mm -hmm. because there's something that's more important than, than their individual goals. They want to receive this promise that Jesus has given to them, the mm -hmm. promise of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm glad that I did go to this person and work out this problem that we had because now we're great friends, actually. And now I know that if a conflict arises that we can work through stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and, and come together for the purpose of working together for the second coming. It seems like from this experience of chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, uh, that uh, several blessings result. One, the obvious blessing, the Holy Spirit comes down, they speak in tongues. But also they learn po maybe possibly to get along and have mm -hmm. true fellowship with each mm -hmm. other yeah. for the first time while as disciples of Jesus without Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, they are genuinely in sync with each other. Mm -hmm. I think, Justin, that they're going to need this experience, right? They're kind of almost, I think, almost like in a laboratory. I don't know, maybe that's not, not the right word. But they're, they're, they're doing things that they've never done before. And they're, they're, they're together in this room and they're wrestling and they have an experience that the church is going to need later because mm -hmm. shortly after this, the church is going to come into conflict with itself mm -hmm. in, a, in a multiplicity of different issues. So who better do you want leading the church than people who have been in this situation, they've had major issues with each other, major beef with each other, major conflict, and now they're put in this room and with the power of the Holy Spirit, with, with humility and distrust of themselves, they're reconciling with each other. They, they are coming from this room with an experience that the church is going to need. Mm -hmm. Yes, going back to your earlier question of kind of going, if there's somewhere I could go back to, to change something. I think of a couple different ministry opportunities of when I was serving the Lord, but they all have the common theme of, I was so focused on myself and how difficult something was that I wasn't learning what Jesus was trying to teach me. Mm 
Mm. Uh, when I was doing canvassing during door to door, I'm like, it's hot out here. People are mean. <laughs> and I was doing uh, Bible studies with people. This is hard too. When I was in the Middle East, that's difficult as well. And so I was just so focused on how much I was suffering that I didn't get the lessons Jesus was trying to teach mm. me. And I think, you know, it's, it's not that I feel bad kind of saying like they were, the disciples were suffering when they were with Jesus, but they kind of were. Like Jesus' life was not nice. It was hard. Mm -hmm. And so they might have been like, man, this is hard working with this guy, but we're going you know, to serve with him. But they're not getting the lessons they want to learn because they're too focused on themselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of these things, uh, I think we are so negative. We don't want to get through them. And uh, the blessings are just waiting on the edge. Finally, on the other side, after we take this break, on what blessings result when they do come to unity. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, friends. We're talking about different experiences that we've had and from Scripture and also from personal experiences that, you know, sometimes getting together and to be united on, and to be on one mind, it sounds great. It sounds great to do in a clinical, sterile studio and to talk about it. But it's another thing, and I know maybe as I'm talking about this, there are people that I need to resolve and be united. And I know you all do too, and you all <laughs> do too. So, But sometimes maybe it's because of a man or maybe it's because I'm a sinner, uh, I just don't want to. Maybe. I mean, it just sounds like, man, that is like an Oprah session I gotta have, I gotta, <laughs> gotta cry, you gotta talk about these, it's gonna be awkward, it's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, binge out on carbohydrates afterwards <laughs> because of the stress, you know, that kind of thing. It sounds real. But what, talks about, what, what the Bible talks about is, this was spirit-led. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we can get very like, man, I got to do this by my own strength. And so individually, let's, we need to get on our knees and ask for strength. And these guys are getting on these 10 days. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking this has not happened day one, and, 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 but this is a, a, a slow progress and, and, and the Holy Spirit is, is congealing, getting these flavors out in, 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 this, mm -hmm. in this crock pot. <laughs> and, uh, and we need to overcome these, these hard experiences. And the blessings are just waiting there. We're going to get to the blessings, but Siku, you're going to say something before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Jesus, when Jesus was talking about um, in Matthew, he says, mm. you know, if you're about to bring your, your sacrifice, you're going to worship. And you there remember, you remember that somebody has something against you. You need to leave it there and go and be reconciled to mm -hmm. your brother. I think our Christian experience, our worship experience, our experiences in church, our experiences in our friendships, in our relationships are shallow because we don't want to work through the difficult mm -hmm. stuff. Ignore right? it. Yeah, and rather gloss it over and pretend like everything's okay. Yeah. But if you actually take the time to work through it, the blessing, like you're saying, the yeah. blessing is on the other side of that. The, the, the blessing that you get out of just the experience of working through it, and then what God can do in you after you've worked through it is great. And I think this, the, the, the story of the early church here in Acts 1 and 2 is a testimony to that. So it's worth it to leave your sacrifice, to say, you know what? I know there's somebody who's got beef with me, or I've got anger towards somebody else. That is part of my worship experience, actually, is going and make it right 
with that person. Mm -hmm. That's part of what yeah, being a, a Christian point. is. It's part of your worship mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. right. You know, it's, I think it's cool uh, where Jesus says, you know, and we talk about it, and we will talk about it in a different uh, episode, where there's relationships that are broken are mended together, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I think this takes it to another step, but it's not only one-on-one, -on -one, but one-on-one in, in the plurality. One-on-one, 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 two-on-one, three-on-five, and you know, just like this entire hodgepodge. And the unity that emerges out of that mm -hmm. is just is just super super uber powerful. Mm -hmm. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter two and see one. So blessing number one is this group unity that happens. But but blessing number two, chapter two, verse five through thirteen. And Callie, can you read that for us? Yes, Acts two five through thirteen says, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, this is, these are really hard to say, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they are full of new wine. All right, so we see here that, what is going on here? What do we see here? Uh, Jared. <laughs> we see uh, the fullness of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And here is this kind of liminal moment where you have all of these people together. The disciples are there. Peter starts preaching, and through this spiritual miracle, they are hearing his words all in their own languages. Mm -hmm. So this is important because they're all there. As Peter preaches, then they all go back, and they, they, they take the message of the gospel mm -hmm. with them. But this happens because they've, they have um, been emptied of self and selfish desire and selfish ambition, and then God says, I can use these people to do something mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of just a reverse of the Tower of Babel, mm -hmm. right? So that happened where they're trying to speak to each other and all their languages divide them. But here God overpowers their different languages. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to overpower this difference and unify you so you can actually understand the gospel that's being preached to you. Yeah, the themes are very super parallel. I think there's like an unbabelification going on <laughs> here. Excellent word. So like in Bab <laughs> the Tower of Babel, they were of one mind. And that's right. what's funny that unity can... And also, work, it works for good. Yeah. Can also work for for evil. Even says like they are of one accord. Yeah, one accord. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, we're going to be evil together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so God right. sends them quote the gift of different languages to disperse these guys out. Mm -hmm. And now here uh, through the Holy Spirit, they have now spiritual unity, and they want to be united for good, for righteousness. And now the unbabelification comes, and now they can. They're still speaking in different languages, mm -hmm. uh, but speaking in tongues through the languages that people can understand. Yep. I think what's so cool is you see in Babel, uh, the Tower of Babel, you have the three sons of Noah, and they're going out to all these different uh, lands, and you have sons of, of, of Ham and Shem and Japheth, or the three progenitors of the three peoples, the three great peoples out there. And in Acts, you have three testimonies in the middle of, of, of these different stages where the church has grown out. And you have the testimony of Cornelius, mm -hmm. an Italian. You have a testimony of Saul, the Jew, 
and the answer to the testimony of Philip with the Ethiopian. Mm -hmm. So you have one representative from each of the, and so you definitely see parallels from Genesis mm -hmm. and Tower of Babel with the, with the book of Acts. And Fascinating. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. God is really moving here, and he can only do it once the Holy Spirit got the ground ready with, with, with unity going on. You know, it's, so you could, it's, it's marvelous because they're coming together and they have a unified goal to, to spread the gospel, right? Um, but they face obstacles. Right? They face obstacles because they don't speak all these languages. Mm. They, they face obstacles, and, and bringing it to our current context, you know, we can face obstacles because I don't understand somebody else's culture. You know, I don't understand their customs and, and all these things. But God comes, and, and when they're united in their purpose to honor God and to do what will glorify Him, then He's like, you don't have to worry about how it's going to be done mm. because I will make a way possible. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way, right? The song says. And so He gives them the supernatural gift to be able to accomplish what their goal is that's going to honor and glorify God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just beautiful because sometimes we're afraid to do something for God because I don't know how to, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we get caught up looking at the obstacles instead of looking to God and Lord, I want to do this for you. And God says, you know what? Don't worry about the how. I got it. Mm -hmm. I'll take I'll care of that. Supernatural things. Right. Yes. And I'll do for you what you can't do. You do what you can yeah. and I'll do the rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kelly? I just want to harp on that for a second because like such a powerful point. It reminds me of Moses where God calls him to deliver the children of Israel and he's mm. like, what are you talking about? Mm. And the way that God answers one of his excuses, like, what do I do? He's like, okay, what do you have in your hand? Mm -hmm. It's a staff. Now I'm going to make it a snake. Moses didn't make it a snake. God did. Mm -hmm. All Moses had to do was to let go of the staff and it became a snake and God did that. He put his hand inside, it became leprous, took about out, healed. He didn't make himself leprous. He didn't heal himself. All he had to do was move his hand. And the principle I take from that is God is just asking us to do the human part that we can mm -hmm. and God will be God. So we need to not worry ourselves, how's, how's God going to convert their hearts? How is God going to make these languages? How is God going to adapt this culture? Let God be God mm -hmm. and just be the human that obeys him. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and to speak to God being God and, and working, working things out, I think about this unity that they managed to accomplish when they, when they surrendered and, and they come together in one accord. Jesus spoke uh, in John chapter 13 and he said, this new commandment I'm going to give to you guys is that you love one another. And by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, mm -hmm. right? The very fact of Christian unity is a testimony that cannot be given any other way, right? So that the very fact of unity is the miracle that the world needs to see, mm -hmm. right? And so he says, you know, you press together, you come together in, in humility and, and you, you submit yourselves to God. And as you're unified in love for one another, this becomes like that miracle that yeah. actually converts the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the miracle. Mm -hmm. That's the miracle, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Well, let's, let's see uh, an example of how the Bible describes this, this unity in a very practical way. Let's go to chapter 2 of Acts, Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. And uh, Jerry, can you read that for us? Verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, and then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily, with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily 
those who were being saved. No, I'm surprised when I read these passages in, in Acts is the social nature of how God blesses mm -hmm. his people and the spiritual experiences, you know, usually in the worldly sense, spiritual experiences, I need to get away from people. People mm -hmm. are evil. I need to go to the mountaintop. I need to be myself, right. find a retreat and do my fingers in this weird way. Oh, that's <laughs> going to be on the YouTube somewhere. Uh, and, and, and just, you know, meditate upon these spiritual, ethereal things. Mm -hmm. But we see here that spiritual experiences are corporate. More people are at it. I mean, a lot of introverts are like, I don't know about this. But, you know, introverts need to be converted, you know? <laughs> Amen. And, and extroverts, too. Extroverts, you know, like, tone it down. But here, you see this as hodgepodge. What are some, some th observations you guys see from this beautiful snapshot of the early church? Kelly? I have a few observations first. Just the different things that listing that are happening among them. So verse 42, doctrine and fellowship. So there's truth. It's Bible-based. Mm. The breaking of the bread. They're eating together. Mm. Prayers. They're praying together. Verse 44, all who believed had all things in common. They're sharing. Sold their possessions and goods and divide them among among them all, as anyone who had need, they knew about each other's needs. Because mm -hmm. I know sometimes, you know, I've, I've said this before in other episodes where people, you know, I go on Sabbath, like, how's your di how's your week? It was good. It wasn't good, but I'm not going to say that. But they actually know what's going on in each other's lives. At the end of verse 46, so they're breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This makes me think of uh, about a year ago, I moved from one city to another, and I love my old church a lot. I love my fellowship. I love my youth group. I love my people. And it was really hard moving away from that. And recently, I did, praise the Lord, find a new group of fellowship. And but I wanted to know what it was, because I'd go in, like, hear a good sermon, but I'm like, I still don't feel fulfilled. Hmm. What is it that I need? They had good potluck. You know, there was good food there. So, I mean, it wasn't the food. So what is it? But I sat down uh, recently, a few weeks ago, with um, some young people, some not so young people, all different stages of life. And we're just having honest conversations about our walk with the Lord. We're praying for each other. We're sharing. And that's what I needed. I left that Sabbath feeling so fulfilled and encouraged. Mm. And that's the kind of fellowship that's modeled here. It's not just the food. It's not just the sharing. But it's the sharing of their lives and their hearts. What she's talking about is a depth of level of interpersonal authenticity. Mm -hmm. People, you know, we're being real with each other and there's yeah. so much pressure, I think, to put on a mask, mm -hmm. to be fake, to keep a good image. How are you doing? I'm fine. Mm -hmm. One letter, word, <laughs> one, one word, one word, one word response, sorry. How are you? Fine. Okay, fine. What, okay whatever, all right. <laughs> but anyway, the, the, the principle is, you know, just give a, a very quick transaction. Let's keep yes. our distance. Yeah. I've got my own junk. You've got your junk. Duty. Let's not on. get our junk, like, mixed you up. know, mixed up. Let's yeah. just <laughs> keep our lives compartmentalized. And there's mm -hmm. so much, like, I, I need people in my yep, life. We do. This is, we the, need this is the function of church. Yep. And that's what churches should be all about. It should have that accountability and that unity and that holding of accountability with like-minded believers. How many of you out there have a church, have that kind of spiritual family? God bless you. But how many of you don't? Go out there and find a church that's Bible-based, spirit-filled, and that worships the Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. 
Until next time, this is Inverse.